Welcome to a DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. 2014 has been a whirlwind of a year for most in the derivative space, with firms and professionals keeping their nose to the grindstone as regulatory reform continues and implementation kicks into full swing. The highlights or issues that really dominated the last 12 months will, of course, vary depending on who you're talking to, but many will have been focused very much on a mere trade reporting deadlines, the slow start of CEF trading, and of course, slow progress on the CCP clearing front in Europe. In this podcast, I spoke to a few industry experts to hear their views on what were the biggest milestones of 2014 and what were really the biggest issues that most of them faced in the last 12 months. Amir Trade Reporting had two big deadlines this year, with many firms and, of course, trade repositories as well, focused on getting to grips with the complexities of this Amir requirement and the issues that cropped up as a result. I spoke to Alan Yip, partner at Simmons & Simmons in London, who offered a recap on the trade reporting deadlines and the issues raised. I would say, Julia, the industry getting to grips with the reporting obligation under EMEA, it's under EMEA, different from under Dodd-Frank, the reporting obligation is a two-sided obligation, meaning that it's not just the dealer community that has to report to authorized trade repositories, but also the end-user community, and that was just not something that the end-user community was used to or, or that they were set up to do. The reporting obligation under EMEA came in in two waves in 2014. Firstly, in February, when the main obligation kicked in, but then six months later, the obligation to report on a daily basis valuation and collateral information. And this caused a lot of operational issues in terms of setting up the connectivity to the relevant trade repositories, but also for the end-user community deciding how they were going to tackle this. And rather late in the day, the dealer community almost as a whole agreed to accept delegated reporting, but because it was rather late in the day, that gave rise to quite a few issues in terms of the legal documentation associated with that delegation because the regulatory obligation, even post-delegation, still rests with the end user who had the obligation to report. And then there are issues in relation to allocation of legal risk associated with that. But hopefully now, the main bulk of the work in relation to that has been done. There remain some operational issues with respect to certain trade repositories, but, but by and large, the industry has got to grips with the reporting I, I sense, you know, by barring sort of the little niggles and uh, some fairly significant niggles, and, albeit but the main bulk of the work has been done now. The mandate for CCP clearing under Amir slowly started making progress in the last year with the authorization of CCPs. I spoke to Rafael Plata, Secretary General at EACH, the European Association of CCP Clearing Houses, about what he viewed to be the biggest milestone for CCP clearing in 2014. Well, I believe the biggest milestone that was accomplished in 2014 was a reauthorization of CCPs by their national competent authorities in the European Union. Since the month of March this year, 14 CCPs have been authorized. And what this means is that, uh, well, CCPs are now subject to harmonized requirements in terms of governance, conduct of business rules, and prudential requirements. 
what does this mean in reality? Well, it basically means, for instance, that CCPs need to have an adequate governance structure with risk committees where the clients and the clearing members are represented. They also need to have rules to protect their clients, their assets and positions. And then, well, equally importantly, the CCPs need to have rules for risk management and they all are subject to the same harmonized lines of defense in case of default of a clearing member. So all in all, this means that 14 CCPs so far have been given a quality seal in the European Union that would hopefully help uh, having a safe and efficient derivatives market. Looking more broadly, cross-border issues between jurisdictional regulation, namely the US and Europe, and conflicts related to this remained at top of mind for market participants. Now, obviously, cross-border harmonization is clearly essential to establish a smooth operating global market, but there remain some conflicts of which were highlighted in the last year. Damon Batten, Principal Consultant at Catalyst Consulting, talked about this conflict. Well, actually, I think one of the biggest and most visible items during 2014 in terms of the regulatory reform agenda is a very public disagreement between regulators in the EU and US uh, when it comes to recognizing one another's clearinghouses. So at the end of October, we saw a, uh, a first wave of uh, recognitions from the EU regulators but it was very noticeable that the U.S. was not included in that first wave of CCP recognitions. There have, in fact, even been some accusations that maybe there are some politics behind the scenes which are shaping that discussion rather than necessarily just being driven by the risk items that are concerned. I think the most important consequence from this is that, firstly, there's a, a real impact for bank capital resulting from a, a lack of recognition because of the item on QCCPs. But also this could have a very important role in shaping the future kind of competitive dynamic in the clearing market. Uh, if it becomes significantly more expensive to use a, an overseas CCP from the US for an EU bank, for example. Of course, there are many issues that were not mentioned here, including MIFID, concerns over managing margin requirements for non-clear derivatives and much more. But we will be covering some of these issues in our 2015 preview podcast which will offer a preview into some of these issues, but also look at how they might evolve in the coming year. So please look out for this 2015 podcast. On the website podcast notes page, you'll also see the full transcript of this podcast, additional articles that may be useful, including a full recap on 2014 and other related resources that DerivSource offers. Thank you for listening to this DerivSource podcast.